This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hi, friends. Back here with another episode of Tigress here in New York City. And I'm going to be talking about my grandma and grandpa today. Um, I have had kind of a transformative last few weeks after seeing them for the first time in 15 15 years, like 13 to 15 years. Um, and it was super emotional and super exciting, but also, uh, kind of confusing and, uh, shocking because apparently I have dozens of cousins in the U S that I've just never heard about that. I'm now on like a mission to find. So a little bit of backstory, my, I'm half Japanese and half Chinese. Uh, my mom's parents are from Taiwan and my dad is from Japan. And my Chinese grandparents immigrated to the States during the Chinese Exclusion Act while it was still in, enacted. And during the Chinese Exclusion Act, when that happened, the only people who were let over into the U.S. were if they were on like what is called Einstein visas, meaning that they were pursuing higher education. So both my maternal gra- grandparents are super highly educated. Uh, my grandfather has two PhDs. My grandmother has one. These are all things that I didn't know. I just learned from talking to them. And, um, you know, they're super educated. And when they came over, they were the first in their families to immigrate to the States. And they subsequently started bringing over their siblings. And my maternal grandfather is like one of nine uh, kids. Uh, my maternal grandmother is one of, I think, 14. So a lot of different family members. Um as you know, my family has like trauma in our background. And I think my mom has also been working through a lot. And, you know, my grandparents came to the U.S. with a lot of kind of just determination to create a better life for their children and, you know, very much work their asses off for decades so that they could put my mom into higher education, eventually go to Harvard, super young, Columbia Law. And then one year into Columbia Law, she gets pregnant with me and decides to have me. Um, and decides not to abort me. Um, and I think that there was some disagreements there anyways, but I think because of that and also just complications with, you know, the drama with my dad and everything, 
I really haven't seen my grandparents since uh, I was in elementary school. And I didn't really know them before that either. Like I knew my grandmother more than my grandfather, but basically the pandemic hits and I haven't really thought of reconnecting with them. They were just kind of weren't people that I really knew. Um, I always knew that I had grandparents in the back of my mind, but I've always considered them rather strange because I haven't seen them for so long. And my family never really talked about like why that was. It was just like, we are better off emotionally when it is my mom and my sisters and I. And I think a lot of that is because we needed to do our individual healing. Um, but the pandemic hits and we start really realizing that we're grown up now. My youngest sister is 18. Um, and my mom earlier this year decided to buy plane tickets to go visit her parents because my grandmother was turning 80 and my grandfather's 82. And, um, you know, hopefully they're going to live decades longer, but I mean, they're in their early eighties and that's kind of crazy and nerve wracking. And I think also with the pandemic, knowing that they weren't able to be out and about and, you know, socializing, but as older senior citizens, they've been really cooped up. So I think finally, it just felt like kind of the moment where we were all emotionally ready to go back. Um, my mom was emotionally ready to go back. And I also feel like I've done a lot of my own healing to not be so triggered by family members. And I know that that sounds crazy. And when I tell my friends who have like really close relationship with their grandparents, they think it's so crazy that for so long I didn't talk to them. But you have to understand that because of the trauma in my family and a lot of the childhood trauma, like I don't speak to my other my paternal grandmother because of, um, you know, the abuse there with my dad and kind of the gaslighting of whether it happened or not. Um, and I think for different but also family trauma reasons, I didn't talk to my maternal grandparents. And so like this is a big deal, like going home uh, to Indiana, like Indianapolis, where my mom grew up, where I have been before, but I only really remember from pictures. Like I don't really remember seeing that. Um, and you know, my mom is young. My mom's like 47. Um, and I'm 23, but, and I feel like I know my mom, like I know my mom so well. She's like my best friend growing up. And yet, like, I don't know a lot about the details of her growing up. Like I hear about the fact that she worked in the kitchen um, because my grandmother had like a fast food Chinese restaurant, but I don't really know what that means. I don't really know where that was. I don't really know what Indianapolis looks like. And so I feel like this was a big weekend for us um, just to kind of go home and see that. So October 1st was my grandmother's birthday and we traveled to Indianapolis for that. I flew in for a few days. I met my mom and my youngest sister there and my middle sister joined us for one night on Saturday. She just started art school in Chicago. She is thriving um, and loving it. And so she came in on Saturday and I arrived first. So I get to the airport and I'm like shaking and like scared that they're not gonna like me. I put like so much thought into what I was wearing because the last time I saw my grandmother when I was like not yet hitting puberty, I remember my grandmother commenting a lot on like showing cleavage. She called it like my ditch. Like she was always like, don't show your ditch. Like, you know, always scared that I was going to get kidnapped if I showed my ditch, which was my cleavage. And so I put like actually a lot of thought into what I was wearing. I wore like baggy jeans and a shirt and just like a oversized um, a kind of boyfriend shirt. Um, and you know, of course I'm always like, you know, be proud of who you are. But like, this was the first time I was seeing my grandparents who, by the way, are like Trump supporters, conservative Indianapolis, and I don't know them. And it's not that I was going into it thinking, 
I want a really good relationship with them because of family trauma. And like the last time we saw them, it didn't go super well. I was actually going into the weekend thinking, I want this to be a positive experience where just nobody fights. Like that was my expectation. Like not that we were going to build a relationship and be best friends. It was like, I want to see my grandparents because what if 15 years go by and I don't see them, right? Like what if I don't see them until I have kids? What if it is another bad outburst and there's a big fight and like I don't see them ever again, you know? So I wasn't going in with a lot of expectations and I get there five hours before my mom and my sister and my grandparents pick me up. And the first thing is that they're so small, like physically small. Like they've shrunk. My grandfather, who's usually five, five is like hunched over. He has no teeth. And like, they're just small. And the last time I saw them, I was much shorter. And I remember always looking up to my grandfather and kind of being scared of him, you know, because he does have this very strong personality. He's very commanding. And yet here I met them and I was like looking down at them, but I actually filmed it. I made it like a cute little TikTok video, like seeing them for the first time and just like hugging for the first time. And I don't know why, but I think because I haven't seen them in over, you know, a decade, the way I got through it was always telling myself like, oh, well, it's because they don't like me. Like they don't care about me. If they cared about me, they would reach out to me. And when I saw them, they actually like reached out and were like, I love you. I love you. Miss you. And it was so it was just so meaningful because even though I haven't seen them for so long and I have I probably have only seen my grandfather like a few times uh, in my like own memory, it was it was just really beautiful and kind of like an exciting moment. And I just pestered them with questions all weekend. Like I, there's just so much that I don't know about them around like why they immigrated. I was asking them about like their dating history. I asked them, my grandma about like her sex life because I was really curious about that. And I feel like usually with Asian grandparents or like parents or grandparents, like in Asian, like Chinese culture, you don't talk about these things. But I think because like I'm old enough where and I don't really know them where I was kind of like, you know, it's a hit or miss. They are the answer. They're never going to talk to me again. You know, n- not much of a lifestyle difference. I really ask them everything. And I think because they haven't seen me in so long and because, uh, you know, they are they also understand like I am kind of of this other family, different generation. I don't think they expected me to be so similar to them. Right. And so talking to them. I asked them everything from how they grew up, wanting to know about like the trauma of growing up, especially my grandfather with no money, no resources, World War II uh, or post-World War II, um, right after uh, Japan occupying Taiwan. And I asked them all about their thoughts around, you know, what they thought about that, given that I am half Japanese, um, their thoughts about my father, who they never liked. My grandmother was always like, my grandmother kept saying, I never liked him. He was just so short, right? And my grandfather reminded me that in in Chinese culture, being short was just like the worst thing you could be is like a bachelor. Right. And so, you know, hearing all these things about my family, um, was just really beautiful. And I think that for me, I, you've actually, it's kind of crazy. I've done an earlier podcast episode on Tigris about discovering what it meant to be Asian American. And I think in that episode, which was like a few months ago, I talked about not really knowing who I was like, not be kind of being like, I don't know. It just doesn't really mean anything to be like culturally tied to being Chinese or Japanese because I don't talk to my grandparents. I'm not exposed to another language. I'm not exposed to really another culture. Like I feel so assimilated. And yet my being Asian is like the first thing people see or know about me. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save money on your insurance? 
Of course you would. After all, who wouldn't love a great deal, right? And when it comes to great rates on insurance for all of the things in your life, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners, condo, or renters coverage. You could save even more with a special discount when you bundle your coverages. Plus, add the easy-to-use GEICO mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And choosing to switch to GEICO becomes an easy choice. Switch to and see all the ways you could save with great rates and discounts. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent and get started seeing how much you could save. This show is part of the Pro-Democracy Podcast Coalition. I think most of us agree that in a functioning democracy, the winner should be determined by the voters. Well, that almost didn't happen in 2020. Now, extremists are working to intimidate and replace nonpartisan election workers with quote-unquote yes-men who might reject election results. The only thing that will stop them is us. We've partnered with the grassroots pro-democracy organization, Represent Us, to give you the tools you need to protect free and fair elections. Learn more and get involved. Visit represent.us slash pod to learn more. I think that's why it was so exciting to see my grandparents, like seeing them speak their native language to each other, seeing, you know, even though they've lived here for 50 years, seeing how much Chinese culture still shows up in the household, right? How much scarcity mindset is in my blood, right? Like most of their house is like a hoarding hoarder's house, right? And I posted a little bit about it, but we just wanted to clean the house because they are living with this like, World War II scarcity mindset of not knowing when like the next food is coming or like thinking that having cardboard boxes are saving up for decades, right? Like I was learning so much about that. And I think also getting a new, I think, appreciation of how much the typical immigrant family and journey plays a part in my life because my mom was born in Indianapolis, but my dad immigrated from Japan, but obviously I don't really have a relationship with him. And so for me, like I have lived this very Americanized Western, like honestly model minority myth, right? Like the model minority, my mom went to Harvard, I went to Harvard and I say Harvard because I think that in Chinese culture is very like, oh, you know, you go to Harvard and then you become a doctor or lawyer, which, you know, of course my grandparents still want me to become a lawyer, but I think they've lost hope on me. They haven't lost hope on my youngest sister. Um, And I think that a lot of seeing them was like, oh, wow, that that immigrant story that I read about, you know, model minority myth and Einstein visas and Chinese Exclusion Act suddenly aren't these things that I've read in textbooks, but it's like my family. And I know it sounds so obvious, but it was this thing, like this light bulb moment that just made all my history and sociological endeavors over the last year mean so much more, right? Like y'all have grown with me. Y'all like listening to Tigris. If you go a few episodes back, I was doing this transformative justice, like accountability coaching, learning about like Chinese exclusion act and learning about what the model minority myth was and how it was like built by white owned media to, you know, and rooted in anti-blackness. And I think that there was for me just such a big difference in the last few weeks of contextualizing that in a very personal way, right? In a very personal way where it was, wasn't just reading about the model minority myth, but being like, oh, my grandparents came here with like no money. My grandfather came from rural, very, you know, poverty stricken rural Taiwan, came here, pursued two PhDs, but was still making very little money. And my grandmother, even though she had a PhD, was working like a one woman show in like a fast food Chinese restaurant for decades to 
pay for tuition for my mom and her brother. And, you know, and, you know, have just watched me from afar watching my Instagram stories, which I didn't even know she did just trying to kind of like cheer me on. And they've been so proud that I am living a life going to this school, graduating from the school and now making a living. Right. And so it was a really healing experience. And as I said, I went into it with very low expectations and I came out of it just like, you know, having a deeper appreciation, honestly, for history and for their resilience. And I know that there's been so much trauma within my family that there's still a lot of healing going on. And I think that talking to them, like my grandfather is, uh, you know, quantitative psychologist. And I learned that he actually like did research on child abuse and neglect, which is so crazy because then I had to talk to him about me being a, a survivor of child abuse, which was actually very interesting because he's very quantitative about it. But like, kind of feeling how much more generational this trauma healing and understanding abuse was and, you know, scarcity mindset, how much, how generational that was. And now that I'm sitting here, like in this DCP studio talking about it, like, I remember the last time I was in this chair, I was talking about how I wanted to ex explore understanding intergenerational trauma. And then guess what? Two weeks later, I saw my grandparents and it started like, it's like I manifested it. I would like put it into the universe on Tigris that I wanted to think about generational trauma. And then like, here I was talking to my grandparents, realizing how much these things, whether it be, you know, being amb highly ambitious, productive, anxious, uh, scarcity mindset have been generational for me. Um, okay. And then there's this really exciting part. So my grandparents are also like rather estranged from their siblings. And as I mentioned, they have a lot of siblings and, as I'm talking with them and having conversation and asking all these questions about my great grandparents, like my great aunts, like just trying to understand, I, there was a moment where I was like, whoa, 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 like Agun, Aman Agun, that's what I call them. You're telling me that you brought over your siblings to the US and you don't talk to them anymore, but they have started families and now have children and they have children. So that means I have cousins. And they were like, yes, you have cousins. And I was like, do you know them? And they're like, no, like they couldn't name a lot of them, but like they knew that I have all these cousins. And then they told me some live in New Jersey, some live in LA, some live in Canada. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like I knew I, I always thought that I had like many, many cousins because I knew there were a lot of siblings, but I always thought that it was like in Taiwan, in Japan. Um, and so now I have this new mission and the, because I think Tigris is my, you know, vehicle for manifesting things clearly, I'm putting it out into the universe. Like if any of my long lost cousins are listening to this, please find me. Like this is so exciting and so scary and so nerve wracking. Like, I don't know what they, I, you know, I, I think there's so many family, like big fights that came up. It sounds like there were a lot of fights. Um, and so I've just been estranged from these, this family, but like I'm in New York city and I have cousins in New Jersey, like what? And so now that I'm like a TikToker, I kind of feel like it's like a TikTok thing that I need to go document finding my family. Like I'm going, I actually bought my plane tickets to go back to my grandparents in a few weeks, which is kind of crazy. Like now I want to see them every month. Um, but I bought my plane tickets and I want to go there and I keep texting my grandmother saying, can you please draw me a family tree? And like, she only knows how to, you know, she, she's still trying to remember like her sister's names because her sister is like in, in Chinese language, you call your sisters, like, I think first sister, second sister, like, I actually, I'm not going to, I'm not going to butcher the Chinese language here, <laughs> but you know, uh, I want to get their names cause I'm going to go find my cousins. Like, that's what I want to go find. And it's not that I'm going to expect to be best friends, but like, 
I want to go meet them and I want to go find them and I want to put together my family tree. And um, I just think it could be like a really cool thing I do over the next year. Um, the other kind of crazy thing about this is it made me start thinking about the whole family that I have on my dad's side. Um, obviously, I haven't been in touch with my dad for six, yeah, almost six years now. But as I've mentioned maybe before, um, every now and then I'll stalk my dad on social media and he's very easy to find. My dad is actually pretty well known. Uh, my dad in the city has been like written about and was recently like on Ryan Reynolds TV show. Like my dad is really well known. Just nobody knows he has three daughters. It's like written on my Wikipedia page. Um, and, uh, you know, I stalked him on social media a few months ago and I found out that he got remarried, but he also just had his second son. So in this new family, he has one son and a second son. And so I have these like half brothers. And then a couple weeks ago, I actually got a DM on Instagram from um, a boy cousin that I have in New York or have in Japan that I met actually once in high school when I visited Japan. And, and I was really close with my girl cousin who was like my dad's cousin's daughter and son. And I was texting him and he's like, oh yeah, I'm in Tokyo, like going to university. If you're ever here, reach out. And I was like, yes, yeah, like, yes, I would love to. Do you talk to my dad? Because as you know, like, you know, because of abuse, we don't talk to him. And he was like, oh, we don't really talk to him. But, um, you know, Hotori, which is like my cousin got married and has a kid. And I was like, does that mean I'm like an aunt? Like, I just have all these family members out there in the world that I'm like, I want to just that exist and that are like a car drive away. And so now I'm on this like kind of mission that I'm going to manifest through Tigris and I'm going to keep y'all updated around like finding these dozens of cousins I have in the US, um, keeping tabs on my dad's family and my half brothers. It's it's really interesting because I keep telling Henry, uh, my partner, like, I wonder about my half brothers. I'm like, they're literally like a few miles away. My grandmother's a few miles away, but I can't reach out to them, restraining orders and everything. But like, I think about it all the time and I miss them. And even though I don't know my half brothers and all my friends and my therapists are like, but it's not your half brothers. They're just like, it's kind of like you had a sperm donor who's the same. And I'm like, no, but like they are my half brothers. Like that's how I think. And so like, I do feel like I have this whole family out there that maybe it's not in next year, but I do want to start doing this work in my own time and doing this thinking and reconnecting with my grandparents because I have a lot of families out there that I'm trying to meet who are like my blood relatives. So yeah. Anyways, that's what I've been obsessing over in my free time and what's been keeping me up at night. Um, and I just want to thank all of you because I, I think that y'all like listening to my podcast about generational trauma and then talking to my grandparents for the first time in 14 years, like it kind of feels like too strange to just be a coincidence. So thank you for listening to another episode of Tigris. I want to hear what y'all think, like, especially for those of you who are like, you know, kids of immigrants and I, I'm like so curious even more so than I was before about these stories. So um, please reach out um, and, you know, connect with me on social media. Again, I'm Nadia Okamoto, host of Tigris. Huge thank you to my whole production team and the team at DCP for making this possible. And I will talk to you next time. Bye. Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by 
buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.